podcast. We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. It's been a great gathering so far, I'd say. I mean, I know what I'm about to say. You guys haven't heard it yet, but if you go back and listen to this, the worship set is effectively the musical version of what I'm going to speak about. So um, good job to the worship team. We do organize these things, so they know what's going on. But um, anyway, it's great to be with you today. Thanks for coming to OH2. For those of you who have not met me before, my name is Nathaniel. Um, I've lived in Loughborough for the last eight and a half years or so after I first arrived as a fresher back in 2013 to study maths with stats. I can say I don't use loads of maths and stats these days, but what I do do um, is I work part-time for a Christian tech company called Church Suite, which you may have come across, but I also work for Open Heaven. Um, Rich, I can't remember if you said that, I was kind of just zoning in, but I work as our digital engagement lead, which is effectively leading our online um, sort of streaming and our online church presence. So if there's anyone joining us today online, it's great to see you, Um, thanks for joining us, Um, and yeah, so that's what I currently do. I have been around OH2 in the past, so some of you may know me. Um, I used to do the role that Simon does. Um, some say that I taught him everything he knows, but um, I think, no, he's shaking his head. That might just be me who says that, but um, he does a Wow. For those of you who didn't clock on to what just happened, Simon on the tech desk just muted me, so... Um, I didn't teach him that one. Um, (laughs) Cool. So now we've done the introductions. Did you know who I am? Uh, Today, (laughs) we're continuing on our series in OH2 on the Gospel of Mark. Um, Last week, we had the excellent Anita talk to us about uh, announcing revolution through the life and message of Jesus. Um, and which, if you missed that, you can go back and watch it on our YouTube channel if you want to catch up on the series. We're only like one or two weeks in, so there's not much to catch up on just yet. Um, and, but today, uh, I'll be sharing on the title of Demonstrating Authority, recognizing that Jesus had authority because of the identity he had, give, had been given as Son of God, and that we too, as followers of Jesus, get our identity and therefore our authority from him as well, even through the harshest of storms. And for all that, we're going to root ourselves in a scripture today, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. Um, I'm going to invite Rach Dwight up to speak to us. Um, We've had a very male-dominated kind of front so far, so we've got got a lady up. And it's also Rach's birthday! So, happy birthday, Rach. Um, I won't, well, I was about to say I won't say how old you are, but if you look closely, yeah, you give that away. Um, Yes, so we're going to have that passage. Do you mind reading it for us? I will. (laughs) Mark 4, verse 35 to 41. I'm just reading from the New Living Translation. Um, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, 
why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Amen. Great. Thanks, Rach. You came with all the enthusiasm and energy that I hoped you would bring for that passage. Thank you so much. Great. Well, what a powerful series of events we've got going on here. There's a lot going on, and we're going to unpack that. But something that stands out to me straight away is that through this storm, Jesus can be found asleep at the back of, this, of the boat. Let's get a bit of audience participation going early on in today's gathering. Put your hands up if you struggle, more or less, with getting to sleep. There's a few people in the room. I can feel a struggle. I thought I'd included at least one meme in my talk. Um, this might be you. Someone who's asleep or trying to get to sleep the whole time, that just before your alarm is about to go off, suddenly you're actually asleep and it's all a bit annoying. That's Homer's experience. I, I hope and pray that that won't be the experience for too much longer for the people who do struggle with sleep. Um, but that is where Jesus found himself. I know it's not easy for everyone, but personally, I find I'm pretty good at getting to sleep in most places. I know it can be a real struggle if you're not in your regular bed, but one of the things I really enjoy about traveling is just staying in a different place, particularly in a hotel, when you get to those big, comfy travel lodge, Premier Inn, wherever. I can't remember which one's the best beds. I haven't been in that many hotels. But the big, wide beds that you can just sort of spread out on and enjoy, rather than when I'm back home and I'm sort of squeezed into my bed um, and it's all rickety and stuff. I should get the landlord to check that, actually, shouldn't I? Um, but it's so nice to be able to go off to sleep in those places. But what I do struggle with, and I'll resonate with the people who do struggle to go to sleep, is whenever I'm on a moving vehicle, I just cannot sleep on something that is moving. It could be a car, it could be a plane, I, I just can't do it. The worst time I had uh, of an experience like that was when me and my family were going on a holiday to the Black Forest in Germany, and we had to take, I think it was a 23-hour coach to get there. And it was all happy as Larry, we were meeting everyone else who's going on the holiday. But as soon as it got dark and people were trying to go to sleep, I just couldn't do it. I tried all sorts of positions. I had legs up in the air, legs down. I tried sort of lying across the seats. I tried sitting sideways. I just couldn't find a position that I could get to sleep in. And it must have been only two hours or so that I got sleep in in the end. Nothing worked for me. The motion of that my body was experiencing just meant I couldn't get to sleep. And because of that, and sort of why I'm telling you that, is I just find it so funny when I read this story about Jesus being asleep in the back of the boat. I was there on the autobahn trying to get my 40 winks and I couldn't get to sleep. But here's Jesus catching up on his beauty sleep after a long day of preaching in the previous verses um, with the winds and the waves crashing around him. We're having a, a second reading in the room. That's all right. Now, we can be fairly certain that this must have been a very bad storm. Because Jesus had some disciples, namely Andrew, Peter, James, and John, who were seasoned fishermen, and even they feared for their lives in this story. These guys would have spent the majority of their working life on the Lake of Galilee. We've got a lovely little picture here. Admittedly, it doesn't look very stormy right now. I just tried to find a picture last night that kind of showed uh, the geography of the place. Because what happens on the Lake of Galilee is that um, with the mountain range that kind of goes all the way around it, and the relatively shallow lake of Galilee, um, it's quite susceptible to sudden and strong storms. So these disciples, these fishermen, would have been used to the fact that, oh, we have to deal with the storms when we're out fishing for our fish. But this one was different. Despite their experience on the lake, they thought that they were going to die that day. 
And yet, there was Jesus in verse 38, sleeping on a cushion. Somehow, finding peace in an otherwise troubling time. Take a moment to think while we're here in this moment. Where are you not experiencing peace in your storm? Like the disciples didn't during theirs. Perhaps there's an area of life you're normally comfortable in, but it's not been easy lately. For some, it might be a tricky situation at work or at home. For others, maybe the Christmas period has left you financially wobbly. Or what about your mental health? It's been a long couple of years now with COVID going around, affecting our world, and maybe the strains of distance between everyone is starting to take its toll. I'm not afraid to say it. That would be me, that last one. I'd say I wasn't a particularly worrying child. My mum would probably watch this back and quote me situations where I did worry quite a lot. But on the whole, the anxiety that I've felt in the last couple of years is a completely new level to what I've experienced before. With rules changing seemingly monthly or even more regularly than that, and, and not knowing where everyone is at at different points, and whether I can be this close to someone or I have to stay far away, or mask on, mask off, all these different things, all the worry and the confusion has just left me with such anxiety, worrying, what am I supposed to do in this moment? How am I going to make someone feel safe? So many different questions that weren't there before. And yeah, that would be a storm that I have been going through with the anxiety that I've felt. As quite a, a simple social guy, I'd say, um, that's been really tough when just trying to get on with life and be friendly with people. So where are you lacking peace in your storm? Today, we're going to be talking about demonstrating authority. Quite obviously, as you'll be able to tell from the subtitle of this passage, the headline here is that Jesus demonstrates his authority over nature by telling the wind and the waves to cut it out. The disciples were left astonished. They looked at each other and could only say, who is this dude? Even the winds and waves obey him. They were about sinkers, but now it's calm. I don't believe Jesus' sort of learning objective here for us in this passage is just that there are a special combination of words to say in a given moment that will fix everything. He isn't saying that there is magic like in Harry Potter where we just wave a wand and say a spell and suddenly something happens. I'd give you an example, but I wasn't allowed to watch Harry Potter growing up, so I don't know any of the spells. And I don't believe that Jesus is showcasing that authority comes from powerful things and leading in a grandiose way. We get so many examples in our world, don't we, in politics, in celebrity, and even in the church sometimes, of where people will um, sometimes try and command authority and power through acts and words of vanity. And that just isn't enough. Because when the storms of life come, and it's not a question of if they come, it's when they come, you'll need something much stronger than a stiff upper lip and a loud voice. Instead then, the thing that allows Jesus to demonstrate his authority to us through this story, the way he comes to storm, and through many of us like it in the Gospels, is his life of faith and his relationship with his Father God. Why are you so afraid, he asks his disciples. Do you still have no faith? 
For Jesus, it's his faith in God and knowing his identity that gives him that authority. What or who is your authority found in? How will that serve you when the storms of life come? As today's passage reminds us, the storms of life will come. It's not a question of if they'll come, it's when they come. Um, I came across an author called Warren Wearsby. Um, not going to lie, I hadn't actually heard of him before, but when I was looking up some stuff for this talk, I really enjoyed this, um, this quote of him. I, I believe he was an author and a preacher in America. Um, I don't know what else he did, but this quote I like, um, and I'll read it out again for us just for the benefit. So he, he said, Jonah, um, that is in the Old Testament story where he goes off in a whale, uh, Jonah ended up in a storm because of his disobedience. But the disciples got into a storm because of their obedience to the Lord. And that's interesting because that kind of points out to us, it doesn't matter how closely we follow Jesus in our lives, life will still present us with storms and trouble. In a fallen and broken world, waiting for its full restoration and redemption, storms are painfully part of life. Personally, um, and you may resonate with this if you've been a Christian for a while, I've experienced both joy and pain at different points in my walk with Jesus. The awe and wonder um, of being filled with the Spirit can still be filled with temptation. I can recall times when I've gone along to OH1, our 18 to 30s gathering um, in the afternoon, evening time, been filled with the Spirit in worship and been really challenged to change my life by a talk. But then the next day, just going back to old habits and the same unhealthy routines. I can recall other stories in my life. Um, one in particular, I've, I've had one romantic story in my life. That was fun while it lasted. Um, that feels like I was about to go into a comedy set then, didn't it? Um, I met a woman. It was great. We met on holiday in Montenegro, and we had a whale of a time. Um, throw back to the Jonah reference again. Um, and it was great. And there was so much excitement in this new experience. Um, but then, painfully, it kind of ended. Um, and there are reasons to that. But I guess that just illustrates the point that um, there can be moments in our lives where there's such joy and happiness and exploration, but then there's also pain. That, that night, so it, we broke up over a Skype call in the end because we were doing distance, um, and I was just so broken. I had, <laughs> I had to set up for, uh, it was, what do we do? Well, spring, not spring harvest, autumn festival. That's it, where we're at the end of sort of autumn and we're collecting up all the veg vegetables um, and that kind of thing. And I had to come up here, and I just came in the building and locked myself, and I just let it out with God. I just let him have it. Um, I don't know if I should have signed into the building or whatever at that point, but it, it was just, in that moment, it was just so painful, and I needed to let that out and, and it, for it to be with God. Those are just a couple of my sort of stories, but I'm sure you can think of some storms in your life that you've gone through or are going through. As a church community, we're still feeling the high winds and, and rattling waves coming from personal loss and grief. And also the ongoing impact of COVID and the recovery from disruption of normal life. I mean, at this point, what, what is normal life? I asked earlier um, this question, but I'm going to ask it again, because I think it's really important for us to reflect on this and to begin to process it if we haven't already. What was I going to ask? <laughs> 
Uh, yes, take the time. What are the stormy situations you're facing in your life? What are the storms in your life? It could be something internal, something from your decisions or your actions that it's just led to, and like that's, you're trying to grapple with that. Or maybe it's something you had no control over. Maybe it's an external thing, a redundancy, something that is external, and you're just having to face up with it now. It wasn't you who asked for it or didn't think it just happened. What are the storms in your life? The storms of life can intimidate us, batter our senses, and shake us physically. They can release fear, panic, and remind us that we are not in control. But we are not alone in the storm. We are not alone in the storm. In the Old Testament, in Psalm 23, verse 4, we're reminded um, of uh, of a verse there that says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley... I will fear no evil, for you, Yahweh, Lord of all, King of the universe, I'll throw that one in there for the chosen fans, you'll recognize that one, are with me. Your rod and staff, they, they comfort me. And then in today's passage, with the coming of the storm, without reply or question, Jesus responds to the cry for help from his disciples to bail them out of the storm. Jesus hears us when we cry out to him. I chose this image that you're seeing on screen um, because it kind of reflects the the, the verse about the valley. Um, But also when I was preparing for this um, talk, it reminded me of a a kind of a a small group discussion video I'd seen and I found it really helpful when I was a teenager. Does the word pneuma mean anything to anyone? There's a couple light nods. No? Okay, that's all right. Um, So NUMA is basically a small group discussion series that was created by a pastor called Rob Bell in America. Um, And he's done lots of things in his life. But this series is about 24 episodes long of taking everyday discussions and everyday examples of life and, and working out where does God fit into them. And in the very first one, um, the story that he outlines is that he is going for a long hike with just him and his son. His son is about one years old at the time, and he's on his backpack, so they're going around this big American lake, um, and it's all looking fine and stuff. And about halfway around, as things would happen, and as they would have it, storms come. The rain starts lashing down, and he knows, I've just got to get him home. And the reason I, I sort of bring up this story, and I, I kind of recommend, go and have a look at it, because it's a good little sort of thinker. But in that moment when Rob Bella's dad is close to his son, it's a reflection for us to think of, like, that's what Jesus is like with us. That's what God is like with us. He's close to those who are vulnerable. Those who cry out to him, he's close to And he won't stop at nothing to get us home safe and sound. Back with him in heaven. He says, I love you. We're going to make it. I know the way home. As we study this passage today then, Jesus comes to storm more and more. What becomes evident is not that we will be free from the storms in life. But rather, we invite the authority of Jesus into those storms. So we look to Jesus for our example. Jesus knew exactly who he was. 
the Son of Man who was sent to the earth to atone as a sacrifice for our sins, to make us right and whole again with Jesus, with God even. He was Jesus. He was making us whole with God. And that's the same for me. That's the same for you. That's the same for everyone on this planet. No one is excluded from that. No matter what you've done, no matter what you think, Jesus loves you and he died for you. Knowing his full and true identity is what gave Jesus such authority in moments like this when he was calming the storm. So as Jesus looked to his father to affirm his identity, we too, as Jesus' disciples, need to look to him. As his hands and feet on the earth, we must look to him to reveal our true and proper identity. We listen to the voice of Jesus and what he speaks over our situations and circumstances. We try and decipher that from the noise and the, uh, the, the just disruption of the world around us that can say a million and one different other things. But we, we look for the gold that Jesus is speaking over us. We seek out his truths and promises that come in the prophetic, prayerful moments. And maybe there'll be an opportunity for that as we respond to pray with one another. And we also root ourselves in what he says to us through the Bible. A couple of examples for you just to encourage you today as like what he says to you. In Matthew chapter 10 verse 31, he says, you are valuable. In Romans 4 verse 5, regardless of your past, you have been made righteous. Matthew 5 chapter 14, you are the light of the world. Wow, that's cool. Romans 8, verse 18, you have a glorious future. And a final one to leave you with. There's plenty of more good verses in the Bible. Uh, but Luke 15, 20, 24, just summarize it and says that you are loved no matter what. When we draw our identity from Jesus, we can speak over the storms we're in and around us. I think I said that wrong. Let's try that again. When we draw our identity from Jesus, we can speak over the storms we're in and around us too. No, that doesn't make sense. We'll just move on. We have his delegated authority from Jesus when we know who we are in him. The Apostle Paul, when writing to encourage and build up the early church in uh, Ephesus, puts it really well in Ephesians 1 verses 18 to 23. Oh, I did put something right at the bottom. I'll read it out so that you can um, hear it all the same. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things that, for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. 
I just want to draw out one final thing before we um, have a chance to respond and pray together this morning. Um, and it's this, it's really incredibly important to know that along with the authority that Jesus has and that we have in the physical realm, we also have authority um, and Jesus has power and dominion in the spiritual realm over every spiritual power. He's seated at the right hand of God in the heavenly realms. Considering that Jesus needed to rebuke the wind and the sea, the fact that the disciples were so fearful, despite their otherwise experienced sailing uh, time on the lake, and knowing that Jesus would encounter a demon-possessed man at his voyage's destination, this all suggests that Satan had a significant hand in the storm. However, Jesus, in his authority, is able to overcome any spiritual attack. And in this case, stopping the waves. Later on in the next chapter, as you read on, and maybe as you're following along in the, um, the reading series that OH2 OH are doing, um, in Mark 5, Jesus restores the demon-possessed man to his right mind. And he uses the same language over and over again in other parts of the gospel, where he is um, expelling demons from people. So then, church, let's respond to this passage and this challenge today. What are the storms in life that you are facing that are left you battered and bruised? Do you need to hear Jesus' voice afresh over you today? What words of authority is he declaring over you and your situation? <laughs>